So it is Palm Sunday. We're going to have communion shortly. But you know, I prayed simply there that we wouldn't have an apathy today. I know that as I've been preparing this word today that I've felt moved. Moved when I consider my journey. All the years that I've had serving God. All the years that I've had acknowledging God as my Lord and Saviour. But also those moments where I've not acknowledged God. Perhaps in the fullness that I should do. I've titled today Epic Love. You know, and as I share today, I want us to consider one or two things. Obviously, everything I'm going to share is about our Jesus on this Palm Sunday. But I want us to be moved by his spirit and his presence here today. Let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever been to the cinema and watched a blockbuster? And don't pretend you've not. We're in the 1970s now. Ever, ever, no one's ever been. So we went to watch Maverick Top Gun recently. Have anyone seen that one? Now this movie is of one of epic proportions. It's got boundless money spent on it. It's got the best director, exotic locations, the biggest and most prominent stars to play the hero, heroes and heroines. No expense spared. I don't know about you, but I live out the plot. I am Tom Cruise on that motorbike. When that song comes on, take my breath away. Is it only me? <laughs> it is only me. Yeah. I've got tears in my eyes and then they're saying, what you doing? I'm saying. <laughs> but I get drawn into the plot, to the movie I'm watching. I always have and I hope I always will. I'm living out the scenes, as I've said. But you know what? Your ringtone says a lot about you. Just talk to the person next to him and say, what's your ringtone? Do you want to hear my ringtone? I'm not joking. I'll give you one or two more that, just in case I fancy a bit of a change. Hold on. I've got this one. That's just depending on how I'm feeling. But what about this one? Hold on, I'm looking for another one that you'll smile at if I can find it. I kid you not, I'll go back to my favourite, hold on. Right. That should have moved on that to uh, Rocky. It's stuck. But back in the day, Rocky was one of those films that evoked passion. There you are. If you'd watched Rocky, that says Rocky too, but the original Rocky, Adrian, even sound like him. But it was all about him fighting for the community. He was a washed up boxer going nowhere. But you know what? One of the things it did, it evoked an emotion in me. But you know, the Bible, does that evoke the same sort of feelings? Or is it all just not quite the same? It's not technical. You know, perhaps it's not your top gun with the fighter jets coming on. But we know, if we've been at church for any length of time, that the Bible talks about great courage. It talks about slaying of giants. It talks about battles with lions. It talks about seas being parted, stars being flung in the sky. 
large fish swallowing a person and vomiting them up. It talks about wars and rumours of wars. It talks about miraculous happenings. It talks about the dead rising. It talks about the blind getting the sight. Do you know, if we were to make a film of the Bible, it would be unbelievable. But it's true. Today, in our journey of imagination, I want to talk about epic love that is unsurpassed. It will never happen again and never be equaled. The truth, sorry, the way, the truth and the life. Jesus himself answered and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Number one, the way. Jesus makes a way. Today, Palm Sunday, for us Christians here and watching in, it's a reminder of us welcoming Jesus into our hearts and of our willingness to follow him. I want you to picture it. I want you to picture the crowds as Jesus entered Jerusalem. Do you know, I have images of the Tour de France, a mass of spectators on either side, trying to get closer to Jesus, trying to touch him, trying to just shout words that he might recognise and look back. Just an opportunity to worship him. The Bible describes multitudes in the Bible. It's not a few bridge, but it's in 10,000 plus people. It's not a CGI computer-generated image of a lot of faces multiplied. It's actually blood and flesh. It's, it's crowds like this multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. Real people going through real lives. You know, we know the story and we can normally have the children with palm leaves at this time coming down the aisles, can't we? Waving as Jesus enters into Jerusalem. People strip the trees down and put them in, and laid them in front of Jesus to honour him as King and Messiah. And they shouted these words, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. As I read the account now, please, 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 don't just switch off and think I've heard this. But epic love calls for a response. Let me read the words. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent out two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with a colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the fall of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd, a multitude, spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Gal Galilee. Amen. We know and perhaps have heard those words before. 
Do you know Palm Sunday? It's a stark reminder of the fickleness of mankind, of me and you. Human nature, the temporal way that our feelings and emotions can overwhelm us. We can be in this place today and moved by a song. We can be moved that Sheila's 80, but it's not that Sheila, it's that Sheila. But you know, it's great to celebrate people's lives and what we go through. But if you're only moved for momentary moments like this, you're never going to get through the challenges of life when you are not going to be moved on a Monday morning when you've got to get into work or go to school or deal with a really tough situation. All you can do is get before God and say, God, would you help me? Our emotions can change frequently. And especially regarding our loyalties and affections, our behaviour. Perhaps towards our opinions and how we look to serve our Jesus in our day to day. And as we consider today Palm Sunday and look through that lens of a journey. Jesus and his epic journey of epic love. A love like no other. A love that defies logic. And us as looker-ons. If we class ourselves as Christians and followers of Jesus, we should have awe and wonder every moment of every day. Our heart and mind should be overwhelmed with the awesomeness of our God. A gratitude and a debt we can never repay and the gift of life we could never atone for. But Jesus is ours to accept or reject. Our Jesus who humbly and without fanfare, seated on a donkey, enters Jerusalem. Jesus, who in a few days' time will cry out in anguish, Father, why have you abandoned me? Do you know, I have many times shared about my own walking God and the challenges I've faced. And as part of me, I'm thinking, ah, people are sick of hearing about it. But I say it for a reason. I know, and you know, we only have a certain amount of time on this planet. Only a certain amount of time to make a difference. And none of us know when our day will come to an end. None of us. And when I consider my own life and what I've gone through, I have really thought my end had come. At 30-year-old, when I was diagnosed with MS, and I really thought that my life had its end day coming. When I shared, or the doctors shared with me about what I had to do to adapt my home for disability, and you've heard me say it before, but listen, I thought I knew what was happening. I thought I knew where my life was going to end up. But actually, God had a different plan. You know, and I think in saying that, when I got cancer a few years later, melanoma, and I went for the operation, and then I then went for three months after for five years, I thought that might be my epitaph because I was told on how this is going to affect my life. But you know something, some of you in here, and I believe this is a word for some of you in here, some of you are living your lives like you've got this ailment and you've got that ailment and this is what's happened in my family and this is what's going to happen with me and it's nonsense. You've got to live life for today and the fullness of everything's got for you today. I, for a moment, lived in that thought of this is my epitaph, this is where it's going to end up, but guess what? God's ways are not our ways. He has made a way and he says to us today, yeah, that's with a clap. So anyone, any one of you today that are holding on to this might happen, that might happen. And I'd even go as far to say those who've helped us help 
our loved ones go through tremendously difficult times and they have passed. We didn't know the time and day. And when you get the death certificate, it normally says on something slightly different than actually that person had as an ailment. The reason I said that is because we need to stop, stop thinking ahead and looking ahead. Spending each day thinking about it. We need to embrace today and all that God's got for us. You know, it's human nature that we hold on to life. We hold on with a vengeance. I think of my own family who've been very, very poorly, coming to the end of their lives, and they've lasted, the doctor said, for hours. Then it went to days and it went to weeks because the will for someone to hold on to life is great. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew your strength. We've said it before and we'll say it again. You'll wing up with wings like eagles. So why do I share the words that I share today of Jesus on the cross? Why do I not focus on Hosanna to the son of David? Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. But actually we are. We're exalting God today for his epic love for us. We can but cry out in our moments. Hosanna. Thank you, Lord. It seems so little, doesn't it, to say those words, inappropriate. And I wish I could convey a stronger sense of my passion and my love for God. Use whatever words that you would use to put in that place for you are God. But put something in place there. The day we mark today is a very important day in history. It's the day when Jesus began his journey towards the cross. His final destination on this planet. And listen, church, he knew it. Jesus knew it. You see that image now where there's a cross in the background? Jesus knew it. When he walked in, or he, he was on the back of the donkey going into Jerusalem, he knew where he was going. Do you know that itself blows my mind? Jesus knew he was making a way for us all. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He saw past the crowd of the numerous faces and their expressions, their lostness, their apathy to the moment. Do you know, church, they didn't realise what was happening before their very eyes as Jesus relentlessly continued his march to the cross. The, this forward motion in his life is a day he couldn't turn back the clock the time was nearly upon him. Imagine the loneliness of his journey. Imagine him knowing what was awaiting him. What was written and foretold. We've got the Bible to remind us of that, especially the Old Testament. And next week, just a few hours, just a few days, we're going to remember Jesus on the cross. And then we're going to see him rise again. And we're going to hear Jesus cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we will hear words of him crying out with blood, with sweat, with blood in it because of the anguish and the fear was so great. The multitudes only seen Jesus on a donkey, not living the anguish and the abject loneliness. Jesus is living through personally. Isn't it fantastic that Jesus looks beyond ourselves? And he's focused on his journey. Do you know, Jesus knew because he spoke on it in the temple himself as a younger person. 
And now fulfilling these prophetic words, sending two of his disciples to fetch a donkey, all in perfect harmony of surrender shared hundreds of years earlier. I've already mentioned, but he saw the cross and he saw himself hanging on it. There's no epic film director, no technical editing in the background. The location was exotic, but the picture is unfolding before our eyes. The smell of humans sweating in the midday sun, the stench of animals of mankind in wretchedness and in need of saving. Jesus was setting his crucifixion in motion. Jesus was making the way. It is really essential for us to realise that this triumphal entry is the first time in his journey that Jesus allowed the people to praise him as king. He'd forbidden it before that. And every time, because of it was his time had not yet come, Jesus is enabling the people to praise him. He was bringing the wrath of both the Jewish and Roman leaders upon himself. He's not being pushed around. He was bringing the wrath of both the Jewish and Roman leaders upon himself. Do you know what? He orchestrated them and set things in motion. He was coming to save us, as prophesied by Zechariah. Epic love. He was on his way, church, to save us. What courage, what a saviour we sing about and serve. Perhaps we're in need of answer prayer today. Jesus is on his way. I can testify to that and have testified to that. Number two, the truth. Facts or fable. Fable. Jesus had an ultimate desire and that was to see his father glorified and his love for, for, for us drove him forward. His love for us drew him forward. And when the time had come for the crucifixion and he'd reached his destination, this side of heaven and eternity. You know, I believe with all my heart, soul and body, what I'm sharing in today is the truth. I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. But there are many, many people in our worlds, our friends and our colleagues and in the wider world that do not accept that. They would rather listen to mediums and look at the horoscopes. They'd listen to lies of the enemy rather than putting their hope and future in the Jesus that I talk about. What about you? Jesus would say to this world today and that all that would open their hearts with a loud voice, he would say this with a voice of authority. He doesn't just talk it, he does it. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. People in the day of Jesus and today, if you're real, prove it. I'm reminded of another film, Gladiator, where Maximus, after victory, shouts, Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Arguably the most recognisable quote from the movie. This line delivered by Maximus goes on to show the lack of empathy the crowd embodies. The watching on, they're so used to hearing it and seeing it, it doesn't affect them anymore. What about you this Easter? What affects you? What moves you? What moves you in your life? Even the disciples, some of them are puzzled about Jesus. Thomas is perplexed. And he's concerned about his own future 
and what Jesus was talking about when he says, you're going to be where I am. Jesus told them from the beginning, and Jesus is telling us again today, follow me. There is no other path to heaven, no other way to the Father. Peter reiterated this, the same truth years later to the rulers of Jerusalem, saying these words about Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The exclusive nature of our only path of salvation is expressed in these words. Jesus encourages us today with the words he shared with the Jews. If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Psalm 119, says, Your righteousness is everlasting and your law is true. John 1, 1, In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You know, one of the truths which is a really hard one for us to get hold of is this Jesus was being selected as the Passover lamb according to the Old Testament law Jesus himself saying he came not to abolish the law but to fulfill it and he does this in so many different ways on Palm Sunday today as Jesus was riding in on people were crying Hosanna in the highest unbeknownst to them they had selected the lamb for the sacrifice the one and only sacrifice that can take away sin and cause death to pass over us. So how do we follow him today? How do you follow your Jesus today? I hope it's the same way that the disciples did long ago. They heard the words of Jesus and believed them as the truth. They took his words and obeyed them. They confessed their sins to Jesus as their Lord and God. They believed that they'd that he died to make the punishment of their sin and rose from the dead to give them new life. They followed his example and command to tell others the truth about sin, righteousness and judgment. And when we follow him in the way, we can be assured of the following him all the way to heaven. The way, the truth, and finally, the life. Picture it. Jesus had just been telling his disciples about his impending death. And now he's claiming to be the source of life in John 10, 17 and 18. Jesus declared that he was going to lay down his life for his sheep and then take it back again. He spoke of his authority over life and death as being granted to him by his father in heaven. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, Jesus says, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down my life on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. You know, he gave us this promise, church, because he says, I live, also you will live. The deliverance he was about to provide was not political or social deliverance, which most of the Jews at the time were seeking, but true deliverance from a life of bondage to sin, death, and a life of freedom to eternity. In these words, Jesus is declaring himself the great I am, the only path to heaven, the only true message, uh, measure of righteousness and the source of both physical and spiritual life. He was staking his claim as the very God of creation, the Lord who blessed Abraham and the Holy One who inhabits eternity. He did this so his disciples would be able to face the dark days ahead and carry on the mission of declaring the gospel to the world. Of course, we know scripture. We can read it now. But they, at that time, didn't understand it totally. 
And it would take several visits of Jesus coming back to reassure them of their disbelief. Once they understood the truth of his words, they became changed people. Have you had a revelation of Christ? Are you a changed person? And has your world never been the same since you accepted Christ as your saviour? And all mine's never been the same. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Powerful words spoken by the Apostle Peter, choosing to live for Christ's glory, explains that it's great in dying in Christ and it's even better that I now live for Christ. What does it mean to live to live is Christ, to die is gain. To live is Christ. This simply means that everything you do in this life is for Christ. Whether it be at school, it's for Christ. Whether it's at work, it's for Christ. Retired, it's for Christ. Single, it's for Christ. Married, it's for life. If you have children, it's for Christ. Everything that you do to serve in your ministry here at church, you play on a team, it's for Christ. Whatever you do, it's the mindset that I do it for Christ. You want him to be exalted in your life? Well, live like it and act like it. The reason this matters is because by exalting him, you could potentially create an opportunity for the gospel to go forward. When Christ is exalted in your life, it can open up the door for you to share him with others. This gives you the chance to win them over, not just by what you say, but how you live. Van, please come up. That's a command. You may have all heard of the term, all for one and one for all. It's a motto used by the characters in The Three Musketeers, taken from the original book from the French author Alexandre Dumas. The premise of the story is saying these words, that all the members of a group support each other. I'll say it again, that all the members of a group support each other of the individual members and the individual members pledge to support one group. We are Christ's family here today if we've given our hearts over as, and accept him as our Lord and Saviour. In Christ's family there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female among us. You are all equal. This is why and this is what we have in common relationship with Jesus Christ since you are Christ's family then, you are Abraham's descendant, heirs according to the covenant promises. Jesus calls us, church, once more this Palm Sunday to get hold of what he's called us to. Jesus' epic love has led the way. Jesus' epic love is marching to the cross this day as we recognise. Jesus' epic love, can you see it? Do you recognise it? Does it touch you once more? You know, as we consider this moment... We know that nothing could have hindered him from reaching his goal because he had set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. As he rode on that donkey, he was first and foremost been focused on glorifying his father. Secondly, his thoughts were for me and for you. He came to save. He came that we might have life and have it to the full. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Amen. 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 We're going to take communion now. And as we take the bread and we drink the juice, we do it in remembrance of the Jesus I'm talking about, whose body was broken and blood was shed. Jesus who today marches to the cross. 
I've asked the band to lead us in a simple song, and it's this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make my what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Today I serve a risen God, but today I recognize a Jesus walking to the cross for me and for you. Amen.